afternoon drive. Number two, Menon, Van Nunley, and Fred Slow. And in the on-deck circle, Robert Buck D. Gibson. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. It's Wednesday, Albuquerque. You know what that means. It means the boys are here. Hey, the girls are here too today. It's a Women Crush Wednesday, Vital. Did we tell you that? It's a Woman Crush Wednesday. Right. Got a couple good interviews today. We're going to have some fun guests until we hand this program over at 545 to our friend Josh Sushan of the Albuquerque Isotopes who will bring you their game tonight against Sacramento, who I don't think I mentioned it, but they're hated. Hate everything about them. Put that on the bulletin board. Bulletin, bulletin, bulletin board. Fred, show me on the doll where Sacramento hurts you. Um, they're the Giants. AAA affiliate. They do not care. They're, you know what affiliation they have with me? Hatred. Tough loss last night for the boys over at Isotopes Park. Going out there with Ned James. What a dude. Good dude. One of my favorites. Very good dude. Not just in the sports world here in Albuquerque. I think period. Overall? Yeah, overall. Yeah. Oh, is it overall or overalls? Overall. Overall of them. Overalls is what my uh, grandpa Smokey used to wear yeah, when he got off work. Because it covered, you wear it when you go choring. Yeah. Overalls. His overalls went over balls because when he got off work, he didn't wear anything but his overalls. Ah, there you go. Hey, <laughs> cut that. <laughs> cut that out, Vital. <laughs> okay, That's got tomorrow's it. commercial. Hey, speaking of, we were prompted to submit the 5 o'clock hour segment yesterday for uh, lots of awards, so make sure you cut that off too, Michael. We need the 5 o'clock hour segment yesterday when I explained how okay. the, the NFL draft is for um, teams that lose. It's for losers. Because every team at the top of it is full of losers. Every team that drafts good players, uh, they're a team full of losers. Every team that needs a quarterback also needs an offensive line because they don't know anything about winning or sports, so they are losers. And the teams that are ran best are the teams that are ran best by, like, nerd, bean counter, accountant losers, and they are also nerds. So you want the draft to just be at random, or you're describing the draft to me is what yes. you're doing. Yeah. Of course the losers draft first. That's why they get the first pick in the draft. Mm -hmm. A bunch of losers. Correct. Yeah. You're still, I don't think you get it. You don't win the Super Bowl. When you win the Super Bowl, you win the first pick. The draft is for losers. Again, we're in agreement on this thing. <laughs> we're just doing it in different ways. I'm Fred Slow. Alongside me, a guy who always drafts first, Van Nunley. Van, how are you? Uh, well, my first draft are usually pretty quality. You don't got to do a lot of edits on that. Yeah, is that that's what right you away. meant, right? Yep, that's what I meant. Yeah, this is, no edits yeah. at all. Dubai, 3 p.m. on Monday. Did you say Dubai? Ah, okay. Nice. Some MMA there? It's uh, it's a two-for-one deal. Dubai one, get one free. Ooh. So, yeah, not so bad. Michael Vital, how is the ones and twos? Sweet. 
I'm drinking you know, Mexican Coke, and it's extra sweet today. Oh, you had a glass bottle of Coke back there once. Thank you very nice. much, Fred. So the NFL draft is such a big deal to NFL fan that the NFL like channels that cover it, they started to count down 48 hours early. Did you see this? No. Is it not just one day anymore? No. So now the countdown to the draft is currently at 25 hours, 56 minutes, and 24, 23, 22. 21 in what time zone because well all right so countdowns don't actually matter for time zones it's all relevant what if you're in new it's, zealand it matters no no it's still 25 hours because it would be a day away though it, mm, let me, again time zones don't have anything to do with overall time so the countdown is 25 hours 55 minutes and 56 seconds away 55 54. That's on the so, 13th month calendar, too. It's, all right, Vital, I don't have time for that today. It's a short show. So if I understand this correctly, Fred, uh-huh. what you're saying is yeah. in one hour and 55 minutes, nope. Nope. we can call New Zealand and see who the first pick was. That's All right, so now you're talking about time travels again, and we've done the Back to the Future episode, and I'm not interested in re-explaining flux capacitors. But New Zealand... Gets New Year's Day a whole day before we do. So, duh, they get the draft. The move, Michael, is you just go back in time one hour to before when the Kentucky Derby starts and place your bet. That's the whole thing. Because what are you really screwing up with an hour of timeline? Like nothing. So you see who wins the big bet. Whatever the big upset is for the year. You see what that is. You put all your money. You go back in time one hour. You put all your monies on it. Because here's the thing. Bank account still works the same. Your debit card still works the same. It's There's zero. You do have to kill your previous self. Side note to the whole thing. That is oh, part of it. Weird. I haven't thought about that part. You only have to kill yourself if you run into yourself. Also, you can make a deal like with Michael your... Michael J. Fox didn't have to sleep with his mom unless he saw the other Michael J. Fox. Doing it? Well, he could not have because he went back too many years. So when he went from 1985 to 1955... He doesn't exist there unless you're talking about killing baby Michael Jackson slash J. Fox. Yes. But that's not an option because baby Michael J. Fox doesn't exist because he accidentally almost kills him pre-utero by interfering with true love. That is, you're making me go down to the Back to the Future episode again. <laughs> that is between he and his father for his mother. Well, he would be his own father. So he gets to be like the Holy Trinity. So all he had to do was just finish the deed when he went back in time. No. And then he gets to be Michael J. Fox, and the J stands for Jesus now. No, it stands for Michael J. Fox Sr. and Jr., but it's one. Okay, that's two-thirds of the Trinity. Yes, and the other Trinity. And then his dad would be a ghost, so there it is. George. George doesn't get to impregnate his mother, so he would be a ghost. So Michael J. would be the father and son, and his father would be the ghost. Outfielder for the New Mexico Highlands Cowgirls, Cam Ziegler will be joining us at 415. She is, uh, it's big senior weekend up in New Mexico Highlands this weekend. And uh, and when I was going over, like, I was looking, I was, we're doing the senior day stuff. You know, I broadcast for the team. And I was like, where are these compelling stories? Like, where, anyway, Cam is a fifth year, played through COVID. She's leaving with her graduate degree. Oh, bad student. She's sitting, took, took her five years. Well, you didn't hear me. 
graduate degree. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's way better. You know how I have one degree and you have zero degrees? She has two degrees. That's the most degrees. First off, in 1996, I had 98 degrees. Because uh, Nick, Nick Lachey, Lachey is still my yep. guy. There we go. Yeah. And then, but she has one big knock on her playing resume, and that she's never done talk radio. So let's do that. So okay. let's get her on the program, celebrate her in the university a little bit. And it's good because it's a Women Crush Wednesday. And what do we do? We reach out to the women we crush on. Cam Ziegler, center fielder for New Mexico Highlands University, will be joining us. And then at 5.15, and I'm very excited about this, Kath- Catherine Lindenmuth. Are you familiar with Catherine? Are you familiar with her story? Yeah, very. Okay. She's she is the hype. So she's boxing. She had a professional debut last Friday. Correct. Um, I'm not going to spoil it. We'll do it whenever she gets here. But let's just say our girl did pretty good. Pretty, pretty. We have a mutual pretty. friend in John Lopez with John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy. What a dude who sponsors this very studio. And she's going to come in and and we're gonna we're gonna tell her story a little bit and we're gonna connect with it. And I put down 12 minutes, but I said, you know what? If it goes over, it goes over. Hold on. She's coming in. She's coming in. Oh man. What, use your words. I just don't want to be in fear this whole this, time. Well, here's the thing. She's lovely. I'm sure she Yeah, you don't have to live in constant fear. I'm just kidding. And then we're excited. I am wildly attracted to women who can physically assault me and win easily. It's kind of a thing. You are. <laughs> if, you haven't, if you haven't noticed. Physically speaking, you're frail. Gangly. I mean, skinny, but he's wiry. He's, wiry is a fair word. Okay. Yeah. Like, physically speaking, your tissue paper. Hey, look, me and Russell Wilson are the exact same size, except for he has 60 more pounds of muscle. Yes. Everything else besides that is the exact same. And that's what I'm saying, Michael. You go back in time to one hour before Marshawn Lynch tries to run it on or they don't run it with Marshawn Lynch on the one-yard line, mm-hmm. and you place in all the dollars bet, and then you're set forever less – how you have to murder your previous self from an hour earlier. So what you could also do is set yourself up for the murder before you go back in time. So I don't think I was doing a lot that year. You could have been doing anything with your life afterwards. Sure. Like five minutes before Elon Musk is like, I'm going to buy Twitter. You go back in time and you buy Twitter yourself. Ooh. And then you get $45 billion. Which, by the way, Michael, $45 billion isn't real and you can't tax the rich because that's what everyone tells me on social media until it becomes time to private, a private company. And that doesn't make any sense because now $45 billion is very real. So now Elon Musk has to buy the competition, too, and eliminate Facebook. Right? So that's the next move. He bought would, Twitter. Yeah, you would think. Now you have to buy the rival so, and get rid of the rival. The different deal is... Just like Michael J. Fox got rid of his father. Yeah, that's what it is. By sleeping with his own mother. And again, his name and is... impregnating his mother and being born twice. George McFly. It's been a while since I've seen the movie. I've seen it. I think that's exactly how it happened. Time travel rules are one hour. That's the rule. Only one hour? Yes. What's the point of going back to 85 and betting on the Chicago Bears? You don't want to live through the late 80s and 90s again? Whoa, 90s were great. All right. Maybe I'm just speaking for myself because I don't watch reruns, but I'm not about to do two and a half decades that I've already done. I've already done them. Well, you'd be way better at them this time. All right. Let's say let's say it's the summer of 97, right? Oh, great and summer. Is it? Yeah. It's real great because you remember it fondly because you didn't know that the last shot of Seinfeld was going to be them sitting in a jail cell. I already know that. I'm not going to be hyped to watch the finale to Seinfeld. 
I'm more of a curb guy. Seinfeld kind of bored hey, me. Great, great. You love Curb, right? Mm. Does not come out for 10 more years. You have to wait until 2005. Do you want that energy in your life? Well, that means if I could wipe my memory and watch The Wire again no, from 01 to 06. Not a memory wipe. But just that one part, though, just so I could watch The Wire again. You're talking, a com- you're talking Minority Report. That's completely different. Then back to the future. Speed of Elon Musk buying stuff and trying to fix it, he needs to buy Coca-Cola and put the cocaine back in it. it. No! Why are you advocating for drugs now? Well, that's the original recipe. I want things to be original. They call it Coca-Cola Classic. It is not the classic recipe. It's going to be a classic sports-based interview whenever Cam Ziegler joins <laughs> us at 4.15, and we're going to talk about her journey and time as a collegiate athlete on a Women Crush Wednesday. Also joining us, Catherine Lindenmuth. That'll be at 5.15. And then what we are doing, Van, is we're actually dragging Women Crush Wednesday into tomorrow as Tracy Sandler will join us, 49ers insider, and we're going to talk a lot about what's going on with Debo. We're going to talk about what's going on with Jimmy Garoppolo's. We're going to talk, uh, does John Lynch hate his fans? Like, these are all points we're going to hit on tomorrow. I want to talk about Nick Bosa's parlor account. <sighs> okay, might be off limits. Let's <laughs> do a pre-interview. Also off limits is cocaine. That's it's, a joke. Yeah, that's a... That was a joke. It's not even... That was a joke. And, but it's so borderline, people didn't know. That's why I had to say it again. I don't want to be the, the drug advocate show. Two men on live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Opinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, and we start our days at the YMCA of Central New Mexico. It's 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Welcome back to the program. It's a Women Crush Wednesday on the program. Taking this Wednesday to celebrate ladies in sports and sports adjacency. Because this Saturday, the Albuquerque Ice Soaps will... Uh, Doing a little something fun on the field, and they're celebrating women in sports on Saturday. So that's going to be a fun one. That's going to be a good one. That's going to be an action-packed Saturday at the lab. Yeah. It's Little League Day and Women in Sports Ooh, Day. Ooh, do I have Women in Sports Day wrong? Is it a different day? No, no, no. You're right. Oh, it's both days? It's both. All right. I like yeah. that. I like everything about that. So when we were sitting down, we were like, hey, like, like who like who are the women in sports that we want to spotlight? Like, who are the, who are the people that, like, you're excited you know? And I said, well, actually – Center fielder for New Mexico Highlands University, the Cowgirls' very own, number one in your program and number one in your heart. Cam Ziegler, who's joining us on the program, is graduating this year, and she's celebrating Senior Day this weekend in, uh, in her final collegiate softball action. Cam, welcome to the show. Hi. Aw, I love that. Hey, Cam. Hi. <laughs> Cam, five years of collegiate softball. Are you just like an old I know. Are you an old man now? Yes, it feels like it. <laughs> the only good thing to ever come out of El Paso, Texas, is Cam Ziegler, and she is playing for your New Mexico Highlands University, and she's patrolled center field for basically the last five years. Talk to us a little bit about your collegiate experience. Talk to us a little bit about being a collegiate athlete and, and what it kind of means to you in your life. Um. Well, it's rough. It's tough. It's not easy, and not everybody can be a collegiate athlete. It's definitely been a great experience, especially here at Highlands. I feel like I had such a great experience here. Um, as soon as I got here, I mean, the team was so welcoming. My coach was welcoming as well at the time. And, you know, I've been through two coaches here, so both of them just enjoying. Honestly, I enjoyed both my coaches and both all my teammates and everything, like I've all the friends I've made. It's just been a great experience here at Highlands. So 
Uh, my career here has been very successful, which I'm thankful for. I think I picked the right conference to be in, and I just feel home here. So, yeah, it's been great. Cam, five years in Las Vegas. I know. Let's sign you up for one more. Who do you need me to call? Oh. Me pull some for, you want to do one <laughs> no, more? I already got this one. <laughs> <laughs> can, can we give you COVID real quick so you can have one more year? <laughs> right. I think I already played too many games. <laughs> so, so what's next for you? I mean, five years as an athlete, you already got your graduate degree. You're working on your graduate degree. Excuse me. Is it straight back yes. to Fred's favorite city, El Paso, or what, what's next? Um, well, lately, most recently, actually, I have been applying for just internships with the marketing program. I would like to do um, sports marketing. So I want to stay Ooh. within sports, and I would like to stay here. And, well, not here, but like I would like to stay within sports. And so my biggest thing is doing sports marketing. And I've been applying to a lot of internships and a lot of sports teams, especially professionals. And actually, tomorrow, I have um, – there is this marketing program in L.A., and they just contacted me today, and they want to have an interview with me tomorrow. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll be spending my summer in L.A. Oh my doing gosh. a marketing program. That's exciting. The, well, and your boys yeah. will be in L.A. for the All-Star Game, Cam. Yeah. So, what we will do is we'll just press you in with us to the All-Star Game, and then you'll get, like, the full Major League Baseball experience. And before you know what? it, uh, so yeah, somebody will scoop you up. There's no doubt in my mind. <laughs> so this That would be fun. This upcoming weekend is Senior Day. So, and you're yeah. like, Fred, that sentence doesn't make sense. No, trust me, it does. So, on Saturday is Senior Day, and they're going to celebrate you, and they're going to celebrate some of your teammates and, and kind of your accomplishments on the field. What does that last homestand feel like, girl? What is, it, what is that to you emotionally? Emotionally? I mean, all week I've been tearing up at certain things. Um, emotionally, I mean, it means a lot. I mean, I've, get, I've given so much to softball in five years. I've spent summers here in Vegas just trying to – keep my mind right just working out just working and I've spent a lot of time in softball so you know a day for me and my teammate asked like it and her just you know I'm proud of it like I'm proud that I get to finally experience senior day here because you know last year I was supposed to but with me taking my fifth year of course I'm going to do it this year and it's just a, it's emotionally it's kind of it's the Greatest feeling, I think. Close to graduating, that was such a great accomplishment that this feels just like it. I feel so accomplished. I feel really happy that I accomplished this because not a lot of people do, and I'm so happy I did. We know it takes a lot of time to be a full-time student and a full-time athlete. So yeah. it, not, not a ton of free time, right? No, no. But in the past five years, I'm sure you've had a lot of great experiences up at Highlands. Can you talk a little bit about what Las Vegas, New Mexico, and northern New Mexico means to you? I can. Um, honestly, I didn't even know there was a Las Vegas, New Mexico <laughs> before I got recruited. Um, when I came here, I was not expecting this campus to be here. I was not expecting any of it. I mean, of course, I played in Albuquerque a couple times for softball, just traveling and stuff like that when I was in high school. And I knew, of course, I knew about Albuquerque, but not Santa Fe and definitely not Las Vegas. And my experience here, again, it was great. I've learned a lot about New Mexico. I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot about new places, places to eat, um, things to do. Honestly, it's really outdoorsy, especially here in Vegas. But being from El Paso, I, you know, it's not that bad. It's not that much of a difference. But weather-wise, I was a little shocked. Um, the cold, <laughs> I was really shocked. And it never gets old. Um, but I love it, honestly. I've, I've, I've had a great experience here in New Mexico. All right, I got some numbers for you, Van. You ready? Hit me. 
180 collegiate games for Cam, okay? Ooh. 326 average. Are you kidding me? Wowza. 179 hits, 93 runs, and 41 stolen baggers, okay? So I'm putting out a personal challenge to Cam right now. Cam, at the end of the weekend, you will play 184 collegiate games, right? Yes. Can you end the season with 184 or more hits? Can you average a hit a game, Cam? Yes, I can. I love oh, everything about swag. that. Love everything about that. And so the, and yes, I can. Cam, have you felt a growth in collegiate softball in the time you were there? I don't feel like the game is necessarily the slap the other way, run to first base as fast as you can approach that it was for so many years. What do you feel like the biggest change to the game has been competitively throughout your five years collegiately? The pitching, and I definitely want to say the pitching and the hitting. Our conference is so big on hitting and pitching more than I think any other conferences. I mean, even D1 is all about pitching. But for us in our conference, we have some – you have to have pitchers in this conference to stay alive. And I think the biggest thing is they just keep getting better. <laughs> they really do. And as us, for where we're at right now, I think we are headed in the right direction. And I think once we continue to grow, just like every other team is, and we get all that stuff settled in, I think we're going to be really great. And I think we're on the upcoming, so I'm really happy about that. If it's the transfer portal or if it's new freshmen, what is that What is that one piece of information or wisdom that you got early in your career at Las Vegas that you'd want to give to the incoming player to make sure that they settle in and find success? I would, I would tell them you have to work every single day. That's the best advice that I got from one of my teammates who was an outfielder when she was here and she was just watching her work. She worked every day and just even the players that I looked up to, I mean, the best advice I got from a lot of coaches is you have to work every single day in order to be a great hitter. You got to hit at least 500 balls a week. Oh, we. And yeah, so it's a lot of time. And you know, if you want to be one of the best, just how you have to do it. That's the best advice I got. Was you had to hit at least 500 balls, of, uh, not yeah, within this week that for it to be successful when your time comes. Cam, let's keep this of advice train rolling here. <laughs> it's Woman Crush Wednesday, right. but let's talk to the girls real quick. Yeah, we're talking to the girls. What would you say to that young girl who's sitting on the field right now who has aspirations to play softball in college? I would tell her keep working, put yourself in. Give yourself every opportunity you possibly can. Go and work extra. Do whatever you have to do when nobody is looking because that's when it's going to count the most. You have to do work when nobody's looking. You have to do it when nobody else is on the field. You have to be that last one because that's what I did, and I feel like I've had the most successful career that I could possibly give myself, and I think it's just been going great. So I think that's what I would tell them. you got to work. you got to work. Saturday, approximately 4 p.m., Bottom of the seventh, okay? It's the okay. last time you're going off the field. What is that? What is that energy for you? I've been thinking about that, actually. I thought about that earlier today. And honestly, I just, I'm going to take it all in. I'm going to be like, this is my last time. I'm going to take a deep breath, and I'm just going to look around, and I'm just going to appreciate it and be like, I did it. I did it. And that's, I'm so proud of myself. Cam, five years at New Mexico Highlands. Are you excited to have something in your wardrobe that's not purple? Good question. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. 
Oh, I feel like I have so much purple clothes, purple, black, white, and gray. <laughs> what is what it's is pattern. what is the one souvenir that you're going to take from the team or the city that maybe they don't necessarily? Nobody's listening. It's just us right here, Cam. What is the <laughs> one thing that's going to walk off campus with you that may or may not be missed by the university? I think you do. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I really don't. I think if I could, honestly, if I could take my locker, I would take my whole little cubicle thing because it's really cool, but I don't think I could get away with that. All right. I'm writing this down. I know how to weld. I can help <laughs> yeah, you with this. I have a truck. We could, <laughs> we could pop that right yeah. out. I love it. Whatever, hey, whatever marketing job you end up with, whatever team, wherever, you just put that thing in your new office. Uh-huh. And yeah, then... that's exactly. It's yeah. nice, too. <laughs> Cam Ziegler joining us on a Women Crush Wednesday. Cam, did we miss anything? I don't think so. Thank you so very much for taking the time with us, friend, and good luck this weekend as New Mexico Highlands host Colorado Christian at home at Brant Field, and it's going to be an exciting two-day doubleheader Friday and Saturday. I will miss the show on Friday. Van, you will be live from Isotopes Park. That's correct. And and I'll be up there celebrating and laughing, and updates will be available via our social media at TalkABQ or New Mexico Highlands social media, which is NMHU Athletics. That was nice, huh? Never met Cam. Yeah. I can already tell she's an amazing She's kid. lovely. We, uh, I was having some conversations throughout the week with the team, and we were talking about kind of the emotion and everything surrounding, um, like, the, the upcoming weekend. You know, senior days are hard. Senior nights are hard. They're, they're just filled with everything. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, it's, and you're receiving maybe, like, communications you haven't received from people in years, and, and you have a flood of emotion you didn't know existed. And as I was talking to some of the coaching staff, I was like, what can we do? I was like, what can we do to, like, spotlight, like, like who I would identify as, as a really good young kid, Cam? And, and they were like, well, I don't think she's ever done radio. <laughs> let's go. Let's do it. Yeah, let's have her on. Killed it, by the way. Whenever we get back, a bunch of NFL updates up until, well, actually, Josh Sushan is joining us at 445, so I misread my notes here. I apologize to everyone. 30 minutes or 15 minutes NFL talk and then Isotope Talk at 445. It's two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. 435, that means you've been off work for five minutes. I mean, you're only 25 hours, 24 minutes, and 35 seconds away from the first overall draft pick in this year's NFL draft where the Jacksonville Jaguars select no one seems to know. They already blew their first-round draft pick last year on a quarterback who was garbage. They went from the worst team in the league to the worst team in the league. Cool. They love first picks. Uh, Fred, we're really gonna stri- we're really gonna boister our team this year with the NFL draft. I have a strong belief that uh, if my team goes out and gets the right cornerback, the right offensive tackle, the right linebacker, a brand new kicker, a specialist that can cover and return kicks, a offensive coordinator, which I know you can't draft, but I have a strong belief that we bring in the right talent that will be able to get the right coaching staff. And th- please stop talking to me. You are saying nothing. I hear that. Just about once a week. It's the dumbest. It angers me. You know so very little about it. The Jaguars are going to be in quite the precarious situation this year. Use the word precarious with the Jaguar fan and see what they do. (laughs) Make a puppy face at me. Call Vernon Koontz right now. Because there's no obvious number one pick. It's not like somebody selling the farm to get Trevor Lawrence. Like last year. 
There's no number one guy that you're going to give three future first rounders, two second rounders, and a whatever for. No one wants to spend number one pick money on a defensive end that could be it could be a tenth pick, could be a fifteenth pick. There's no like obvious top of the draft guy this year. For me, not a professional draft analyst, but what I see is a deep draft. There's a lot of good players who are going to contribute on an NFL field, but there's no obvious huge guy that they're going to trade up for. So now they're stuck with the first overall pick with a guy who could be the 10th, 15th, 20th pick in another draft. Dog, you can't tell me it's a deep draft, a quote-unquote deep draft. It's the same number of guys every year. It's I not- mean, for quality NFL roster players, like the wide receiver class is deep. Defensive ends are deep. Offensive linemen is deep. Hold up. <clears throat> but the, glo- the, the glamorous positions, that number one overall wide receiver that's going to change the game, that stud running back, the Derrick Henry type that's going to change the game, and obviously the franchise quarterback, those aren't there. I know you, that you appreciate Derrick Henry, and I'm going to tell you, of that tier of player, he's probably the best one. Yes, he is. He does not win you Super Bowls. By himself? Correct. Yeah. You know how I know? Because Tennessee tried to make that happen. They put nothing around him. They gave him the worst quarterback that's not bad. So if the tier of, you got the tier of like the best ones, you got the tier of pretty good, you got the tier of not bad, and then you got the tier of like Patrick Mahomes. And <laughs> here we go again. And Ryan Tannehill is at the very bottom of the not bad category. He's not hey. bad. He is aggressively in the middle. No, 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 no. Bottom tier nope. of not bad. Not bad, though. He's not bad. What's your ranking? Like 20th? Out of 32? Yes. Ugh, I don't think there's 32 of them that are good enough to play quarterback in the NFL. So I'm going to say there's only 20 guys. There's only 15 guys where I'm like, you can win a Super Bowl. And I'm going to say he's not in that mix. So, yeah, 20s. All right. So, if you say there's 15 guys, by using your metric, yeah. if you say there's 15 guys that could win a Super Bowl, I have Tannehill ranked 16th. I think he's the best of the average guys. I buy that. I'm in that. He's the best of the guys that won't single-handedly win it for you, but he won't single-handedly lose it for you unless you count the playoff game last year where he single-handedly lost it for him. Uh, that's his thing, man. Yeah. He does that. I had so much egg on my face after that game. You were you were out of town, and me and Robert were like ranked all the quarterbacks the game before, and I was like, no one gives Ryan Tannehill credit. He's like a top ten guy every year, but people rank him in the twenties like- because he's not a sexy guy, and he doesn't lose games for you. And the very next game, he lost the game for him, and I had just a giant egg sandwich shoved in my face. I live a very exciting life, and instead of saying out of town, you tell the truth when you speak my name. You say I was at the Royal Rumble. Because I do cool stuff. I'm a super cool guy. Is that what weekend it was? I would assume. I mean, the oh, timelines okay. kind of match up. I don't really do. I mean, statistically, I just say you're the voice of the Highlands yeah. covering <laughs> New Mexico Highlands athletics. This is, kinda, this is my last one. All the games are wrapped up after this. After this weekend, Vital, there's no more van episodes of the show. Back to normal. Well, I mean, that's you're not here. the word I would use. All right, show. we got five days of Fred coming. This is, <laughs> sorry, listener. Okay. Here's what I'm telling you. Sorry, director of spoken word operations, Jared Hart. You're going to get a lot of hate mail soon. Number one overall should be Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. 
He should be number one. Number two, Jamison Williams from Alabama, Chris Olave from Ohio State, Drake London from USC, Traylon Burks from Arkansas, Sky Moore from Western Michigan, George Pickens from the University of Georgia, Christian Watson from North Dakota. By the way, I don't like drafting North Dakota guys, but you need wide receivers. See, Christian Watson's my guy this year. I hope he ends up on the Packers. He, he's got like a DK Metcalf skill set, but he's taller. Well, so he's like 6'4", what, 208, 210? Freak, big, big boy. Big boy, freak athlete, big or, hands, hey, can make all the catches. I tell, 4'3", Yeah. Are you Let's kidding? get him Green Bay. Come on. He jumps 40 inches. Yeah, he's a, he's a freak athlete. Yeah, and here's the thing. Problem is, North Dakota. Oh, that's a huge problem. No one has any, like, comps. No comps on him. And no one has any good film on him. Michael, how are you going to take any player at a defensive position over the number nine best-ranked wide receiver? You cannot. They catch touchdowns. You know who doesn't catch touchdowns? Vaughn Miller. He stops them. I've never seen that. Literally just happened in the Super Bowl. Uh, he did not do that. Odell Beckham Jr. won the Super Bowl for Eric. the St. Louis Rams of Los Angeles County. 505-246-0610. Are there any psychiatrists out there? Fred needs an assessment right now. He's talking crazy talk. Josh Susan some help. joining us right now because the game's early. You know why the game's early, Michael? Because it's a day game tomorrow. You give the boys a chance yeah. to get out an hour early. Then we're going to go out. So you have a YMCA thing tomorrow. I'm going to go out to the baseball game tomorrow. Van's going to go and do his uh, civic duty, not assigned by a court. Hey, first to, off, to my clean knowledge, record, no community service in years. All the community service I've had in the last decade plus has been consensual. No, and we're going to keep it that way. Vital, it's for it's for clout in the community, so he can put it on his uh, dating app. That's why he does it. That's why he helps ah. people. He he's like he's like uh what's that thing philanthropist of the year award which is also an award that he made up but he gave it to himself. My dating app is just one picture of me in a sleeveless t-shirt and it says likes to party underneath it. And then they can see the silhouette of your hair. I get, and I get a hundred matches a day. That's that's an ex- that one is an exaggeration. Justin Rio Rancho. <laughs> <laughs> Two men on live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9 and start our days at the YMCA Center in New Mexico. Josh Sushan joining us after the break. 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Tonight, the hated Sacramento Rivercats come to Isotopes Park to take on your Albuquerque Isotopes. Pretty good little ball game last night. Sacramento ended up. They jumped out in front. They held on to it at the end. The Ice Tubs had a little bit of a spark. I thought they had a shot in late innings, but Sacramento came out. Tonight, Zach Neal takes the bump, and, uh, I mean, he should he should be the boy to do it because I've never heard of Corey Oswald, so let's watch him go down. Welcome to the program, Josh Sushan. How are you? I am fabulous, gentlemen. How are you? Good. Who's Corey Oswald, and why should I not be worried about him? Is this Roy's boy? Is this Roy's boy? It is not Roy, Roy's boy, Oh, so that is a good start. Um, he is a reliever that, or at least he's been a reliever all season, mm-hmm. and he'll be starting tonight because the we'll scheduled starter was, you never know. I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know if he's going up to the major leagues. I don't know if something's going on. COVID. Uh, you never know what's going on uh, these days. And so, um, yeah, it's a bullpen game for Sacramento. So if you don't like Corey, 
Oswalt, uh, you probably won't have to watch him for very long because he's probably going to go two, three innings, and then it'll be a parade of relievers that will follow. Oh, I like that a lot. I'm into that. Josh, I want to skip up to the big club real quick. Oh, there's some stuff going on. Colorado Rockies are in fourth place in the NL West. Pretty good. They would be in first place in two divisions and in second place in two divisions, but here they are fighting for their lives. Why is the NL West the best division in so baseball good. so far? <laughs> Uh, I, I like that research, by the way. That, that was a uh, that was a good setup question. I Thank feel you. like that'd be yeah. like a good sixty minutes like setup question that Mike Wallace would ask. Was, I can't do seconds. I don't have. <laughs> I'm not a metronome. Well, uh, I mean, the basic reason is because when you have a team like the Dodgers that spends a lot of money and spends a lot of money wisely, it forces everybody else to do things that they may not normally want to do or like to do, but they know that is their only chance of doing those things. So that's answer number one. Answer number two is that it's kind of early in the season. Um, although it's not like the Dodgers are going away. I don't sure. think the Padres or Giants are going away. We'll see if the Rockies can maintain this. I like how they're playing so far. You know, it's the ebb and flow of divisions, but this also makes me think how happy I am about what the schedule is going to look like next year where it's a balanced schedule, where you're going to play every team in yeah. baseball at least mm -hmm. once. You're not going to play 18 games within your division. You're going to play all the teams within your league twice. And so, you know, if you have a division, you don't just – I mean, that's been the thing about the American League East. I read something about – about what the Rays have done over the last few years, and it kind of compared the winning percentages that they've had to go against with the Red Sox and the Yankees and the Blue Jays at times. And then you compare that to all the other teams and, and just how challenging it can be to win a division when your division is that good. Yep. And now, you know, there's more wild cards and it's going to be more balanced, and I think overall that's good for the sport. What is the total number? How do I ask this? What is the total number of hot dogs sold yesterday at the ballpark? <laughs> I did not get a number. I usually well, get a number. I well, did not get one last uh, night. Do me, did, right. did they announce it and I just missed it or no, what happened? Well, I don't because normally I do ask those kind of like leading questions. I know, but I didn't know this one, and I need to know how many dogs were out there because I know that me and like Ned James, we ate like six apiece, so there's at least 12. So like what is the total number of dogs sold on 50-cent hot dog night? Well, here's the thing. I, I, I'm up here. I'm, I'm not at the concession stands. Uh, I, I'm, you got no I wasn't counting. You want, I mean, no is there someone else whose job this is? Just with a clicker, like when you go to a concert. <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> like, I, I recall from in the, in the before times, you know, uh, so meaning 2019 and before, I, I think we averaged something like three dogs per person. It's super good. Which if there's 6,000 people at the ballpark, that's like 18,000. Let me check your math on that real quick. Hold on. So there's a... Right, so dogs per I'm still taking the over. 50 cents per. I know, I know how crazy people get at 50 cent hot dog it's night. $10,000 with the hot dogs. That's so crazy <laughs> to me. So many dogs. Hey, did all right, so you sat down in the broadcast booth yesterday after the press conference, and I'm sure Clint Hurdle came up there. I mean, did he fire you up? What was the energy with that? Yeah, no, I mean, Clint is just one of those guys that just has a presence, right? And he doesn't have a presence in a bad way, but... When he's in the room, you just know it, right? Mm -hmm. Because he's a big guy, but he's not like he's not like an intimidating guy. But he's got a big, booming voice, as you heard. People forget what a great player Clint Hurdle was. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated at like age twenty-one or something. So right? crazy. Um, and then he was a very successful manager for a very long time, and he loves the Rockies, and he's back in the Rockies organization. And 
I mean, he just commands respect. And it, it's just fun when he's around. Like, even today, I was just around the cage. And he's, you know, the, the Isotopes went through so much pregame work today. I mean, they were Todd Helton was working with the first baseman. And then they were working on infield. Then the pitchers were working on their own fielding independent of, of position players. Then they were all working on pitchers and infielders all working together. Then the infielders took even more grounders. The, the center fielders were working on those low-line drives that are hard to judge. Then they just actually started with, like, batting practice and all that. And Clint Hurdle is just there, just watching everything, moving around, getting a better angle, taking notes, asking questions, coming up to guys, talking to guys. As Todd Helton is talking to guys. He's behind the cage. He's talking. He's engaging. He moves to the left side of the cage when it's a left-handed batter. He moves to the other side when it's a right-handed batter so that he can see things and talking to guys. He's just... You can just tell that he loves baseball and that and that he's here to work, right? He's not just here to be, you know, to smile and do a couple of interviews and say, all right, I'm done. No, he's here to really analyze everything that's going on with the isotopes and report back to Denver about what he sees. I tell you what, I, I'm glad you're describing that energy because I could tell with Todd Helton yesterday at the press conference where the focus was not on the media. The focus was not on the things that surrounded the field. Sure. He was ready to do like player-to-player conversations right. about bettering the boys. Yeah, absolutely. But I also noticed that when he was done and we all f***ed him, he went around and shook everyone's hand or did a fist bump, right? He thanked everyone for showing up and asking questions. Well, yeah, he's a pro, yeah. Right? Yeah. And then, but dude. then, you know, he's down in the clubhouse, and he's talking to guys, and he's talking to the manager, and he's talking to the assistant coaches, and he's talking to the clubby, and he's talking to the broadcasters, he's talking to the trainers, right? I mean, that's what leaders do. They go in, and they make you feel – I think one of the biggest takeaways for me was – we want to make it seem so that when we come into town, people are excited to see us, that they're not like, oh, no, here's two more guys. Joshua, how can you not be excited when someone has that kind of energy? We're at that point, Josh. you got about 10 seconds. What's the final hype? Brian Servant is the pregame guest today, and we talk about changes in baseball, technology in baseball, and his home runs recently. Oh, there you go. There you got it. Josh Sushan, the absolute best. Thanks, guys. Two men on, 95.9 FM and AM 610. Sports Animal. Back on the program. 5 o'clock. 45 minutes from Josh Sushan. Bringing you Isotopes Baseball. Are we going to go around the horn a little bit here? Melvin Gordon? Do you, do you remember this cat? Of course. Oh, you do? He's a fantasy stud for a couple years. San Diego. Now Los Angeles. Oh, God, that's just not resonating with me. Like, Because you're bad at fantasy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, speaking of, we got to check my – no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so Melvin Gordon has finalized a deal to return to Denver. Okay? So two exciting things. I just learned that Melvin Gordon had played previously in Denver. So that is neat. I'm into that. Gordon had over 1,000 scrimmage yards in both his seasons with Denver and now returns. And he's going to play alongside Russell Wilson. Okay. I guess that makes them winners. I wouldn't be able to tell you right now the difference between, like, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, like, on the field. I don't don't know. And I don't mean I don't know. Like, I don't have a strong opinion. I mean, like, I don't know the nuances to tell you what is different between them because they seem like the exact same guy to me. Yeah, but you got two of them. That's a good point. Got to have two. It's a good problem to have. Now, if you have two quarterbacks. Melvin Gordon can't be the number one anymore. He's proven that. He's proven he can't be number one. But if you've got a solid number two, or if he's number two, or if they're 1A and 1B, Melvin Gordon. Now, 
can be productive. Michael, when you, because you're a Wisconsin guy, was Russell Wilson in Wisconsin with Melvin Gordon at the same time? That's a question. I don't believe they were. I feel like they were. Or may, were they? May, maybe because he's back with them reunited. I mean, that's... It could I can't remember. I thought they weren't, but maybe. Because Gordon had an incredible junior year with Wisconsin, but I don't remember... Yeah, I don't remember the quarterback being, you know, who. Well, I mean, I I feel like that's the talking point, though, right? Because that's how yeah. you get him back. Yeah, that that's how you bring him back. Right. Well, he's been productive. He's slightly overpaid by the Broncos the last two years, but he's been productive. He doesn't need to be a number one anymore. And real talk, if we want to break it down, they were there. He was, the a, free, he was a free agent. Yeah, they were there at the same time. Just and there's up. 31 teams. Who passed on Melvin Gordon. There's one team that wanted him back. So probably just Russell Wilson wanted him back then. Because if no other team, and by the way, no team wants you running back the day before the draft. No one wants you. This has to be a Russell Wilson owes the boys kind of thing because they both were at Wisconsin at the same time. That's where I'm going with this. Okay, I could see that. Sorry to make the tooth sucking noise on air, but I was, literally did that that's while how I was you, thinking. That's how you think. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I do the darting eyes and you do the. the th- yeah. You also, and obviously, and I don't know why you're on this new thing now with this haircut thing you've decided on, but your mustache is not as good as it used to be. I've you toned used, it down, my man. Used to, uh, is that the word you're using? Yeah, I've toned it down. A lot of people have been calling it giving up. Well, now that we work here. Yes. And for the second time this show, I'll mention. Spoken word director Jared Hart. Yes, weird. His is just too good. I can't compete with that. My, Michael, we're at the Super Bowl, and Pat McAfee, you're familiar with Pat McAfee? So Pat McAfee is, like, coming by our table, and he gives, he, like, daps up Jared, and he's like, hey, sweet mustache, bro, and does not dap up Van. Van's mustache was not as sweet as Jared's <laughs> on the Pat McAfee scale oh, of man. deserving daps. It's it's very true. Right. That situation actually happened quite like the way Fred was describing. I saw it. I, I watched the whole thing go down, and I watched it in slow motion. You know, whatever. In all in all fairness. In all fairness. I fair. I was didn't say either one of those things. I don't know. So I was out of the way. Okay, mm. and admittedly, he has a much nicer mustache than me. Yeah. But also, he would have to circumnavigate the table and come back around to the other right. side to dap me and my second place mustache. On the dap deservability scale, okay, you were not deserving of a dap. And for like for the friend of the show that maybe doesn't know what you physically look like, because there's some people out there, and I know people definitely don't know what Jared Hart looks like. Your mustache is the new Pringles can, and his mustache is the old Pringles can. That's how much better his mustache is than your mustache. I can't picture the Pringles cans in my head, but I'm just going to go with it. Trust me. It sounds mostly correct. Yes. So yeah, here's the thing. That, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> if, if Here's where I would have been wildly upset. Yeah. If he would have passed me and complimented your mustache. Yeah. Now that <laughs> one, that one would have stung. So my mustache. But not complimenting me. And complimenting a superior mustache, huh? Fine, fine, the thing, fine. Okay. You know what? I'm not over it. I knew you weren't. Oh, I was trying to hide it. 
It legit hurt my feelings, Mikey. Michael, it, it legit was, hurt my feelings. It was the best. Pat McAfee was right there, and he didn't say anything to me, and he said something to Jared instead. He didn't come even close to saying anything positive. <laughs> it was, oh, God, okay. Do you know that scene in Tombstone? Whenever, whenever Billy Bob Thornton is talking to Val Kilmer, and he's like, you can go now. He's like, that was it. That was the scene. Pat McAfee did you the way that Val Comer did Billy Bob Thornton in Tombstone, which, by the way, lots of very good mustaches in that movie. Yeah, it's pretty strong. But you're you're basically Billy Bob Thornton from Tombstone. Okay, you got to specify because being Billy Bob Thornton is a compliment in a lot of ways. During the 90s, it was a big compliment. Yeah. And 2000, the Angelina Jolie years. Is that not the 90s? Sling Blade and the few years after. That was peak Billy Bob. Fargo Billy Bob was strong work. What was that? What was the monster one with Halle Berry? Monsters, Inc. You're thinking of uh, nope. Steve Buscemi. No, I am not. <laughs> Monsters Ball. Monsters Ball. That is correct. Mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon just got a buddy deal from the Denver Broncos because his collegiate quarterback russell wilson is there and also this just kind of goes to say how no running backs in the nfl are worth are in the nfl draft are worth a snuff no one cares about them look there's very few guys there's very few guys that can be derrick henry there's very few guys that can be a healthy christian mccaffrey it just doesn't exist in the game anymore melvin gordon's definitely not one definitely not one How do you feel about the social media aspect of it, though? Because you have to figure out a way to spin this to where you're like, hey, we're helping the team. Because that's not what this is. This is this is literally just boys helping boys. Because Melvin Gordon, does not he's not value-added to the team. They already got rid of him. They let him walk and brought him back on a discount because his buddy's the quarterback now. That's it's not science. We don't have to phone a friend. We don't have I, to call. Think, we don't have to call in an expert. Like that's I think what happened. Brady and Rogers do the same thing. A lot of quarterbacks want to bring someone in that they want. Got to have your guy. Yeah. Makes you comfortable. Makes you happy. Get that, your guy. That guy may help him not get sacked as much with a run game. Is it one of those? So that's what it is, right? What you're describing. But it's not get a sacked a much with a run game. It's like Russell Wilson's like I I trust this dude to pass protect. Because that's what this ends up being. But then teams pick up on that real fast. Because then they know you're not going to run, and then they just pin their ears back. But I, th- I think Javante Williams can be a stud. A lot of people agree with you. But you can't be a stud and carry a workload like Derrick Henry. Not even Derrick Henry can handle a Derrick Henry workload. So you got to have your second guy. you got to have your 1A and 1B. It's the only way it works. Plus, also, they got him at a super big discount because 31 other teams didn't offer for them to play on their football team. You see the number he got? Hit me. So it looks like Melvin Gordon, okay, because he's buddies with Russell Wilson. That's the whole reason, okay? He got one year. Five mil. And I think his last one was like two years, a little under 20. 
Isn't it weird how desensitized we are to this where we're like, oh, only five mil? Like, what? That's so much money. Two years, 16 million with bonuses. That's what we got last time? It was last time. Three million less a year than his previous contract. I mean, hard to argue. Hard to argue. Looks like our guests are showing up, and Catherine Lindenmuth is going to join us in just a moment. So we'll grab a break just early. And when we come back, let's talk a little bit of boxing. Let's talk about a really good story. You're listening to Two Men On Live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, and we start our days at the YMCA of Central New Mexico. It's 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Back on the program, live in the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. Joining us, new friend of the show, Van, and I'm pretty excited about this one. Catherine Lindenmuth is, uh, get this, and I know I'm not the first one to say it, but it's the first time I've said it. Catherine Lindenmuth is a professional boxer. Welcome to the show, yeah, Catherine. Yeah, How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having Good. me. Come right up on that microphone Hold on. for us. I was pretty clever by super producer Mike Vital yeah. to play She's Crafty on Woman Crush Wednesday. It is a Woman Crush when Wednesday. When a crafty boxer sits down. <laughs> you're, a, you're joining us uh, because you are also uh, friends of our friend, which is John Lopez of John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy. And we will have him on after the program to talk about your guys' business aspect. We'll talk mm-hmm. about how he supports and, and, and why your story is so important to us. But maybe for the friend of the show that doesn't necessarily know your story, Catherine, can you, can you kind of just give an overall of, of why you're currently sitting here with us right now? You know, I'm I'm sitting here just, I mean, grace of God, honestly. Um, he gave me a talent and a passion to do um, what I'm doing, and it just kind of fell into place. Decided to go pro, and here I am, ready to ready to make something of it, do something fun. So, when you got into boxing, was there a certain motivation you had? Was there someone that, in the back of your mind, you're like, "Oh man, I've always wanted to beat them up." And follow-up question, why was it Fred? Yes, good question. <laughs> you know, honestly, like, I, I looked at it as a passion, you know, to start really working out. And I really liked getting in the ring. Like, being hit doesn't doesn't bother me. It almost fuels me to just bounce back. I feel like I've always been hit in life. But getting hit in the ring, it just it makes you want to just bounce back and move forward. And I get excited to want to hit somebody back. And I'm like, let's go. Let's do this. Um, you know, I, I idolize so many different fighters knowing what my weight class is, knowing I want to bridge to UFC and, you know, knowing who I'm going to be up against if they're still there and, and I'm popping in the scene. It's, it's exciting. Catherine, you've been around the boxing ring a long time though. You've been around, yeah, yeah, you've been around it for a long time. So (laughs) it, it wasn't, it wasn't, you were just, Hey, last week, let's go. There's a lot of motivators behind this. Talk a little bit about that transition from, obviously what your husband used to do and then now into you being in the ring. Yeah. So I've been, you know, around the ring since about 2014, he would bring me to the fights. I'd say tick zone, get to listen to James, just do his passion, just announce the fights. And he really, he just loved it. He loved being there. It wasn't the, wasn't the lights. It was just the sound and being able to talk to such skilled boxers and interview them and be able to see that right up front, see it from a different perspective, was really awesome and you know he got to talk about it here he just got he got to live his passion when he was when he was here on this earth and you know him and I decided to start going back um to you know start getting into something help him get a little more active again with his back injury and um 
just really started getting into, you know, being back at Rosales. I've, I've been there, you know, since I was 14. So getting back into it and just making something of it, I know he'd definitely be there announcing me. Um, he told me he would never want to see me um, fight. Um, I think I dabbled in telling him I'd be a ring girl once. And right. he said, no, no, none of that. <laughs> you can't do that. But you can definitely. He's all, I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'll cheer for you, but I won't watch you. I can't. I can't do that. I want to see you get hurt. So now now he's I mean, he's like kind of like peeking through the fingers, like yeah. watching me. <laughs> uh, the fan. I want to talk about the fellowship around it because you're talking about the gym, right? You're talking yeah. about the camps. You're talking about all the people that obviously knew you before you decided to, mm-hmm. to really lace up the gloves. What is that fellowship? What is the community around combat sports? It's so like I want to say it's so tight knit, like the different gyms, we, we kind of come together to help each other. Yeah. We're all here to excel. We all love the sport. We love what we do. Um, we love to support each other and that's sparring. That's working out. That's getting together. That's, um, doing Sunday runs in, in the mountains. That's, you know, helping each other out, you know, all of those things, the camaraderie, it's like a big team. We may be all separate gyms and separate teams, but definitely, is is one one massive team where we're just working together and i really feel like that brings a difference to new mexico i mean sure that's we have a different a way about growing our sports and you know we may have rivalries in high school and 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 so forth but this is this is different like we're all just trying to grow together let's talk about the grind of being a professional boxer what it takes for you to build your way up to where you are now and what it takes now for your training and your repertoire, your expertise going forward. You know, I, I work really hard. I try to, I, I don't like to miss any workouts at the gym. I just have the mentality that if I'm missing, um, I'm not giving myself enough credit to do what I need to do. Basically, training every day is is kind of how I live and having to understand that in fight camp that the mentality is that I'm going to push harder. I'm going to um, work harder. And I have like an idea in my head of what I need to accomplish, you know, how far I need, you know, to push it, what I'm working on, what I need to get better on. And it's just constant. Like, I don't ever feel like I'm going to be at my top or my peak or the highest I can be. I feel like I have to continue to work and to grow and to get better because I'm, I'm not, I'm not the best boxer out there. I'm just getting started. So it's it's all about getting better. You know who thinks you're pretty good? Carol Leibowitz. <laughs> Carol Leibowitz definitely uh-huh. thinks you're pretty good. Uh-huh. So this past Friday, making your professional debut. Now, help me understand. Battle at five points. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal here in the state. That or, or is that the new growth one? Like, what is the energy behind that? And how were you so fortunate to get your first professional action on such a cool card? I I, I honestly just feel so blessed. It just kind of happened that that this matchup comes at this time for this event the first one of the year um to be on on the undercard of uh, abraham perez just you know to be on such a large card was just amazing a feeling just to know that i mean i i mean to be the show opener you're like oh i'm just the first oh no i'm the first yeah that's the energy i get to set the energy and the tone in the room and i honestly think we did (laughs) i think we brought everybody to their feet ready to see more fights and i mean five points we all know where five points is at and it's just it just came collected and together and 
It was a great show. I'm that energy too, Van. We're like, if I'm not closing the show, I'm opening the show. Like, you don't put me in the middle. I'm I'm the show. Right. <laughs> and I'm following that. What's the, the extra toughness it takes? What's the extra grit it takes to not only be a boxer, but to be a boxer from Albuquerque? Um, The grit you're going to have is knowing that we scrap. Like, sure. we... I fought in Tulsa. I fought against different fighters that come from different areas and knowing and understanding how um, just different boxing clubs fight and how their point sparring or how they're going about. We scrap. Like, we're going to go at it. Like, if you're like, I'm not just going for the win. I'm going for the knockout. I, I've nice. got to to go against that and push as hard as I can um, in that. And that's just something that I honestly think that Albuquerque brings out of you. We're going to be a rough and tough city. <laughs> like the, Do you remember the date? Do you remember the exact date where you were like, I'm ready to go? Do you remember the day that you committed? Um, it was my birthday. Yeah. I, it was uh, in July. And I just decided that, you know what? I'm not, I'm, I'm totally done just going to the gym and getting a good workout in and um, just pretending to spar these girls and try. I, I want to get in there. I want to make something. I, I told my coach and he he kind of didn't believe me at first. He goes, oh, we'll see. We'll see how you do. And I definitely decided I was going to show him that I wasn't going to give up, that I'm not scared of anyone or anything in the ring, that there isn't anything to be scared of because I, I know that I'm going to push hard. So last July, so then we're what, like seven months later, right? We're like seven months later right now. Um, it was actually July of 2020. It was in the middle so of COVID. So we're 19 months later. Yeah. So your 19-month journey comes to a culmination on Friday night, and the fight's over, and you take the gloves off, and it's just you and the dashboard lights of the car. Mm-hmm. What is that moment? What is that emotionally to you? I honestly, like, just smiled and sat there, and I was like, wow, like, this is surreal. Like, yeah. being approached as I'm walking out, you know, little little kids just want to, like, shake my hand and give me a fist bump. And I I know I present myself to be, be something that they can look up to, but knowing that it actually like it's coming to that head where they're, you know, people are coming up to you. It's a, it's, it's surreal. Cause I, I just have that humbling feeling that I'm just cat. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm the girl at the gym. That's going to say, come on guys, 30 more seconds. You can push harder. Let's go just to encourage. And it, it just made me smile. And, you know, when I got done with my fight, I, I kind of had some tears. And, and I stayed on the news. I had, had some tears uh-huh. because I just, I'm like, I know he's proud of me. I know he's proud of me. It's a Women Crush Wednesday on the program. And Catherine Lindenmuth is joining us. And she's talking about her professional boxing debut. You mentioned kids coming up to you after the bout. If you could pull each one of those kids to the side, side to side, and they have some kind of passion, maybe it's not boxing, maybe it's MMA, maybe it's not even in a sport, what would you tell those young individuals? Honestly, what I would impart on them is just no matter what adverse things come at you or so many people tell you you can't do something, there's nothing that can stop you but you. You are your biggest enemy and You've got to make that your goal. Like you're beating yourself every day. You've got to um, get past your mind of saying, no, I can't. I'm not good enough. I can't do that. I've gone through too much. I've seen too much. You can do anything that you set your mind to. And it's only you that's going to stop you. No, you know, there's nobody in this world that can stop you until you can't. Oh, that's powerful. Yeah. I mean, 
not just for some kid. She's talking directly to yeah, me right now. You needed that. I'm, I'm writing. Bye, Tal. Uh, cut that clip out so I can listen <laughs> yeah. to it again later. Talk about the support, and I'm gonna just going to use John as an example. Talk about the support of John Lopez. Talk about the support of, of those na- those individuals that are willing to put their name and their commitment on you and, and what the what John Lopez means to you in your effort to, to reach your goals. You know what? It means a lot for someone to believe in you, not just to say, you know, hey, I'm going to sponsor you. I'm going to help you get to where you need to be. I'm going to help you get what you need to be the, the pro boxer that we want to see. Right. But, you know, he – He's there encouraging me, sending messages like my my um, all of my sponsors are just basically like blowing me up on social media, co- constant encouraging to know that they trust me with the name of their business. Yeah. Like um, I, I know business and I know marketing and I'm a I'm I'm like a partner with you that I'm not only going to shine for myself, I'm going to represent your business in in a great in a great way and I want to represent with class and integrity and with a win like we all want to win so I'm I'm going to represent that way what is next for cats ca- camp did I say that right what is next for <laughs> cats camp what what what's the next fight what's the next whatever um we've gotten some calls maybe some prospects I'm not too sure yet but we're definitely back to the grind I was back at practice on Monday we had a we had a good weekend we had a couple of fighters that Got to go down to El Paso and show their stuff. Oh, Got some yeah, wins okay. down there. So I love watching amateur fights. I would get so into it. Um, but we came back, started on Monday, and just back to the grind. I just back to business as usual and, you know, hearing what I needed to work on, watching my, you know, watching my film and saying, you know what, I practiced that and I didn't succeed. I'm going to succeed at it this time. And just getting better, like working harder to improve at every moment. Catherine Lindenmuth, thank you so very much for taking the time. Congratulations on your big win this past Friday. 1-0. Boom. Also, also, man. Undefeated. Number one in your heart. You have to always, whenever you're 1-0, you're one, number one in the heart. Yes. Thank you. I just needed a little bit of validation on that one. John Lopez will be joining us after the break, and we're going to talk about exactly what he's doing to not just help Catherine in the community, but help you in your search for a new home. It's Two Men On, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Michael, we only got like seven minutes. Turn this music off. What are you doing? John Lopez is here. John Lopez of John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy, who is the title sponsor of this studio. Welcome to the show, friend. Hey, guys, can you hear me okay? Yes, sir. You're with us, my man. Uh, man, I am so, so sorry that I missed uh, going into the studio live so we could have hung out with Kat. Our pro boxer, our first female pro boxer that I got to do a title sponsor for, and she just, isn't she such a great boxer and so well-spoken? Well, unfortunately for you, still with us. Cat. <laughs> <laughs> John accidentally says all these kind words my cat can hear. So, hey, t- talk to me a little bit, John, about uh, how your relationship with Cat started. Talk to me a little bit about her camp and how John Lopez Real Estate decided to put your brand on it. You know, God's always just blessed me with so many wonderful opportunities, and uh, he's kind of left it up to me to be able to see the opportunity and jump right on it. And so, of course, one of all of our dear friends, Mr. Vernon Coots, he's one of my dearest, long-time friends. Doing the show uh, tomorrow. Give me a call. Yep, and he's on the show pretty regularly. He's the one that started laying the, the groundwork about how amazing Cat was. And so I started doing a little research, and uh, we had a few conversations. And Kat came to me and says, look, why don't you see if you'd be open to being my title sponsor this year? 
And I had already done some research, and I said, Kat, no, I won't. And she kind of, I heard a little awkward silence. Uh, I said, I'll only do it if you sign me up for three years. There you go. And yeah, yeah. that mm-hmm. is exactly what I wanted to do because I knew this young lady Ow. was not going to be just a first-timer for one year. I think by year three, she's going to be super huge, and she's going to want to really increase my title sponsorship. So I figured I'd uh, lock her down for three years for the amount I got this year. <laughs> so, all right. So you guys, obviously, you got the working relationship now. So, so what is the deal? Like, so obviously she wears the name, she does the stuff, but like, if I go to check out a house, John, like, is, is Kat going to be there? Like showing me around? Like, how's this work? Yeah. The only uh, time that you'll have to deal with Kat is if you terminate the deal, <laughs> then I got to send Kat to your uh, house. Smart, smart. <laughs> How does, John? Yeah, you know, I mean, she represents the brand. She's amazing. She speaks well. She's a winner. And uh, just everything about Cat encompasses championship, leadership, community spirit. And that's really what my brand's all about. And I think uh, she did a great job on Friday night. And I look forward to her representing my brand for years to come. John, you're a stylish guy. You're a good looking guy. Oh, but true. Catherine is sitting here in a suit. <laughs> with purple cornrows, are you worried that you're not going to be the best-looking and well-dressed guy wherever you take, Catherine? Is that what it is? Uh, let's be honest. That That's absolutely going to happen. And it's okay <laughs> because guess what? While they're looking at her, they're going to know about me. So it kind of works on a win-win uh, for me anyway, right? Smart. <laughs> how's, how's the market right now, John? What's going on in Albuquerque? You know, still keeping people calm and moving forward. When our interest rates jumped up a couple of percent and got into the fives, we had a lot of people uh, a little afraid and and just wondering what's happening until I told them historically 5% is still lower than we've really ever seen in the last 30 years. Everybody got used to, you know, 3%, you know, dipped down to 2 for a little bit and got 3 and 4, 3 and 4 for the last two years. And then now they went to five. They're just so worried about it. But the reality is, is I got into real estate 25 years ago. And when the interest rates, you know, were 9%, I remember trying to complain a little bit. And the old timers back then were laughing at me saying, hey, kid, we used to sell houses at 18%. So now I'm the old timer laughing at these young kids <laughs> saying, hey, back in my day, we used to sell it at 9%. So 5% is still great. It's still the best investment. And think about it, rent is 100% interest. So why wouldn't you want to go ahead and still purchase a home in an up-and-coming state and city? And we're going to all make some huge home value increases over the next 10 years, and and we're going to do just fine. So still a great time to buy. It's a great time to sell, and we've got to keep moving forward, boys. John, you signed Catherine for three years, and you absolutely struck gold there. What's next for you promoting combat sports here in the area? Well, you know, I think uh, I've been I've been around in, in the professional boxing for some years. Uh, Johnny Tapia was a was a close personal friend of mine. I did a lot of sponsoring and traveling around the world with him back in 2000. Um, I was with him when Jerry Bruckheimer signed his deal for his life rights, and uh, we were really close for many many years. So the pro boxing. Is, uh, is something that's just very familiar to me. Uh, Danny Romero is still a personal friend of mine. He does a lot of amazing things for our youth nowadays, and he was a world champion boxer as well. And I just kind of, over the years, uh, veered off a little bit and got out of 
those types of sports and then got into professional football and still worked with a lot of the MMA guys, you know, Alistair, Bones, uh, all these guys I've worked with in the past. And, you know, I mean, they're big names. So I've dabbled in it a little bit. But, you know, when I saw Kat and I saw how powerful she was and I'm seeing how wonderful professional female boxing is really going to make a comeback uh, and really kind of take over the lead nowadays, I, I just had to jump on there. All right, so here's my last question. I don't know. And, Kat, I'm not trying to surprise you with anything. <laughs> where can I get a T-shirt? Like, where can I get apparel? Like, do you and John have that yet? I do, and we're working on um, – I'm working with uh, Now Prince to um, create a, a sponsorship version of my T-shirt. Yes. So, um, well, we're going to put two men on on that bad boy yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's going to be super classy. Um, real elegant, so we're we're getting that together, and you can definitely go on now, Prince, and purchase anything. You got the Linden Muth name, got the Cat Lightning Bull White Lightning. There we go. Getting the scene. John, any final words before we let you go, friend? Yep. Uh, next time, I'm gonna take you uh, my T-shirt that has my big old face on the front and in the back, and says, so "John Lopez Real Estate is my realtor." And nope, you guys I'm think out. I'm kidding? Wait till I show up. <laughs> John, thank you so very much. Love it, guys, man. Remember, make magic, stay positive. Cat, you rock. We'll talk Thanks. to you guys next week. Appreciate you, John. Whenever we first went to John six months ago or so. So we sat down with John about six months ago. We are like, hey, John, you know, we got this new opportunity with the show. We're going daily. Obviously, we have a really recognizable brand in town. Um, here's our goals. And John's like, hey, those are great goals. Uh, we're only going to do them if we do them together. And I was like, yes. yes. Yeah. Like, that is the partner yeah. that you look for. Who else are you working with that's been a proud supporter of you? Um, I've done, um, I'm doing work with uh, Old School Remedies. They're a local brand in Los Lunes. Um, they do um, basically CBD remedies, and you know it's it's basically a home-based remedy where they um, grew their entire business because their son was autistic, and um, they wanted to help. Wow! Yeah, and it it's just grown from there, and it's amazing. So, um, yeah, I I work with them, and then um, I have kind of it's like more of like an endorsement of just the person who does my braids, cuts my hair. Um, and then I have, uh, I, I love the blend. I got to yep. go get my, my, uh, fight day pancakes. <laughs> there it is. Nice. Van, any final words before we go? Oh my goodness. Too much for the time allotted, my friend, but make sure you check out the show tomorrow as we have our draft special and make sure you don't forget to check out the opening drive with Jeff, JJ and a Marie. Vernon Coos, Tracy Sandler, uh, Danny Gonzalez confirmed Ned James tomorrow. It's going to be a full NFL day. Good job, everyone. GG. See you tomorrow. Burke.